Well, a big good day and welcome along to episode 33 of the Aussie Church Leaders podcast, where our goal, it's really simple. We want to help you inspire people to follow Jesus. I'm your host, Chris Podlick. And if you're new here on the show, firstly, a massive welcome. We're so glad that you stopped by. If you find this episode helpful, we'd love it if you'd subscribe so you can stay up to date on all the content we produce. And if you feel like it, leave us a rating or a review. But as you're listening to this episode, uh, and maybe someone springs to mind, all we'd is that you'd share it with them if you think it would be helpful to them. If you're a regular listener of the show, you would know that Riley normally does these intros. And the reason it's me today is because for episode 33, we're starting something we talked about in episode 31 and 32 this year, lean in episodes. This year, we're kind of breaking our podcast down into leadership episodes, which is where we talk about an idea or a thought for a little bit. And our other types of episodes are lean in episodes where we get to listen to Aussie church leaders or Jesus following leaders who lead in all sorts of different areas, business, for-profit, not-for-profit, and understand how some of the principles and some of their stories can help you inspire more people to follow Jesus. And I'm really, really excited because for the next two episodes, we have a conversation with the founders and designers of a clothing label out of Toowoomba, Australia called Anti-Haste. And the founders and designers are Stephen and Anna. And Stephen and Anna, just to kind of give you a little bit of a brief intro before we jump into the conversation, they're actually an Aussie and a Spanish duo. As I said, they live in Toowoomba. Um, They have a full and busy life. They work really, really hard, but they prioritize slowing down, hence the name of the clothing label, Anti-Haste. They love spending quality time with each other and their loved ones and love having cups of tea and eating lots of good food. They love playing music together, chilling out on the deck in the summer, and they always love to make each other other laugh and in this episode we're going to talk um, a little bit about their journey as a couple and we're also going to start to talk about their journey into business together and if you stick around till the end of this conversation they have a special discount code for listeners of the Aussie Church Leaders podcast that you can use to get 15% off any purchase you make at the Andy Haste site so without further ado here is our conversation with Stephen and Anna the founders of Anti-Haste. Well, I'm here on the podcast with Stephen and Anna, the um, founders, creators of Anti-Haste. Is it Anti-Haste Clothing? Uh, Anti-Haste. Just yeah, Anti-Haste, Haste, full stop. And yeah, um, they're from- the clothing for branding at the moment. I love it. I love it. And they're from, you guys live in Toowoomba. Now for, for listeners to the podcast who don't know exactly where Toowoomba is, how would you describe Toowoomba where it is to a non-Queenslander? To a non-Queenslander? Uh, well, if you know roughly where Brisbane is, but yep. I don't know if you will, if you're not a Queenslander, um, it's probably a bit over an hour west of Brisbane. And, and it's, it's a, a it's a rural, rural kind of, I should know this, hey, being a Queenslander. I would it's say it's... Considered regional. Yeah. But it's not a small town. It's a big... It's Australia's second largest inland city other than Canberra. Like, it doesn't have any... I think they say inland because there's no water around it. Um, so, yeah, it is quite big when you think about it and all the surrounding suburbs that make it. Toowoomba yeah, there's uh-huh. 100,000 people here, 150,000, is it? 150,000, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, and you guys... 
have this incredible story. You've got this awesome brand and people can, we'll talk about it more um, as we go on that people can follow you on, uh, on Instagram and check out the clothing brand. But before we kind of get to talking about that, because I think sometimes when we, people talk about leadership um, and particularly here on the podcast, it's always about what are the tactics and how do people get there? But we kind of want to hear a little bit of the backstory because I think that is so helpful um, to hear people's stories and their journey into the place they are. So Stephen, why don't you share just just the the pieces that you're comfortable sharing of your story? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I actually grew up just outside of Toowoomba in a town called Pittsworth. So that's another 40K sort of southwest. So it's it pretty well basically is Toowoomba. Like it only takes you 25 minutes to get into, into town, as they say. Um, but yeah, I just grew up out there and in a Christian home. My dad was a business owner with my um, grandfather and uncle and mum was a high school chaplain at the high school out there um, and yeah grew up out there and we went to a uniting church which was really good when I was a kid um, we had a really lovely Sunday school teacher and um, I've got lots of good memories of that church but then sort of growing up I got a bit bored like it was very old and still had like the organ and the um, overhead projectors and that that was one of my duties trying to get the overheads on the right way up at the right time which I think is a every everyone's staring at today. you everyone's yeah. staring at you when it doesn't go right it's just oh the pressure yeah. I know there's pressure in like modern churches but that that was some pretty up there stuff so at least in modern churches you're typically hidden in a booth right like yeah 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 no one can see you whereas back in there you're up the front and everyone's mm. just and like I feel like in those old churches the older people were just like so much more judgy just like staring down at you <laughs> Um, yeah, so I did that um, and just growing up, yeah, had really good childhood, really, like us, I, I guess, being out there especially, but um, still in that time where it was still safe to like, you could be out of all, at all hours of the day with your friends just on bikes and running around. Like, I feel like I had a bit of a childhood, like the show Stranger Things, that's what me and my friends did. We were just out all the time, just doing what we wanted. And as long as our parents knew that we were you know, whose house we were staying at that night, that was fine. Um, and we were all pretty well behaved. We didn't do anything bad or run into any creatures like they did. Um, but yeah. And then I've got, a, I've got a confession. I actually haven't seen Stranger Things. Okay. I'm one, I'm of, the, I'm one of those people, but I, I'm sure that everyone else listening has. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just that typical sort of um, coming of age movie where, you know, you've got your group of mates and they just do heaps of stuff together. So that's what, it, yeah, I guess it was like growing up for myself and yeah, played a lot of sport and played cricket and soccer when I was little. And then as I got older, I just really loved playing rugby league, but I played a lot of that and played it for years and years and years and um, did okay, like made a few rep teams and things like that. So I got pretty lucky and got to travel down and play some like junior NRL teams and things like that. So I really had fun doing that. I guess, yeah, as I got older, I probably just... Like I feel like God's always been in my life and I'm really glad for the upbringing I had, but mum and dad never really being such strong Christians themselves. They didn't really, pre- they never really pressured us. And I'm really glad that they didn't do that because it was always something that I wanted to do, but I felt like, you know, growing up, especially in a public school where there wasn't much of a Christian message being taught or really sometimes I felt like probably I was the only Christian definitely in my grade other than the guys that went to youth group like my friends sort of just really enjoyed what I believed in too so after a while they sort of started coming to youth groups and things and we didn't sort of have much of a youth group so we were pretty much the only ones 
there, yeah. but we enjoyed it. Um, so it's always been there, but I definitely, you know, wasn't always, I guess, as strong in my faith as I am now. Um, and I think growing up in a, a high school like that size, we probably had 350, 360 kids total in our whole school. So I was sort of like, I guess, a bit of a big fish in a small pond, like everyone knows who I am. And in a small town, everyone knows who you are. And, you know, we played on the football team out there and we've got not many kids to choose from. So like I was um, the captain of the football team. Yep. Um, and like I said, playing in rep teams and um, I was in like all the school bands and everything like that. Like, so everyone knew who I was and I felt like I knew who I was. And then I guess um, when I sort of left school and all that went away, a lot of my, when you're in a small town, a lot of you, after you finish school, some people stay, but the majority of people go. And so I sort of lost a lot of my friends and I was working as an apprentice chef at the time. So I was working nights and I just was working when all my friends were out, you know, playing and. Yep. Um, so you, so you kind of lost that relational connection. I mean, that, yeah. a lot of them moved away and then because of work, you kind of just felt that distance anyway. Yeah. And then that sort of, I guess, um, added on to like, I've always been, I don't know where it ever came from but I've just always been really self-conscious. Um, I was always a bigger kid, like whether or not I was even chubby or not, I just always saw myself as like really big and fat and just hated the way I looked. But then looking back on my school photos and stuff, I was just big. Like I just had a big frame and yep. like naturally gifted with a bit of muscle and stuff. And I always took that as because all my friends were not built like that. And I don't know, I just already felt set apart and I guess I had a little bit of bullying not too much because I could always you know handle myself against that sort of stuff but I guess the words really hurt more than the yeah. physical sort of stuff so I guess once I started feeling isolated and then you're already feeling sorry for yourself and just a lot of stuff just piled up I guess I don't really know where you're it came right. from and I think I, because I lost all that and because then I realized that you know there's a big world out there and I'm not the big fish I'm like you know the smallest of the small fish when you're looking at the size of the world I guess I just really lost my identity um and yeah I was just really hurt I just and a lot of the people I sort of thought were my friends at school um which is it's kind of a really unique thing which it's really cool but it's also not like where I grew up I graduated with people I went to kindergarten with so you go through yeah a whole lot you know these people for your whole life at that point um and then all of a sudden they're just gone. And some, some of the people I thought were my best friends, you just never talk to anymore. They wouldn't have the time of the day. And I think that's when social media really started coming into. And so everyone started gravitating more towards that rather than um, in person. Well, that, connections. that was when MySpace had your top eight friends, right? And it yeah, was and, very um, clear, like, here's my group. And if you're not yeah. in it, it's evident for the world to see. Yeah, I think that in back when even like 9MSN was a thing. Oh, yes. So I didn't even have that. Like my parents... I'm pretty glad that they didn't um, let me have it really. We didn't have much internet, um, but I'm looking back now, pretty glad that I didn't. Um, but I, so I already sort of felt isolated a bit like that, but just, I don't know, growing up, I always sort of did feel a bit different too. Like I now realizing as an adult, I was just a bit introverted and I could hang out with my friends for the whole week of a school holidays, but then I just needed one day to just, yeah, I needed to go home and then just be in my room and, I don't think my friends got that. So they'd still come over, but then they'd start playing with my brother and my sister. And so I thought, oh, maybe do they like them more than me? So I just already had that sort of black sheep sort of mentality. And I guess that just really fueled it. And now learning things as an adult, yeah, I just think that just 
different spiritual gifts and things I was mm -hmm. operating and I had no idea um, of that stuff when you're a kid and especially growing up in the Uniting Church we had no idea about spirit world and any of that sort of stuff um, so I guess it just spiraled I got yeah really depressed suicidal anxious I remember I never really realized what anxiety was until you know my mum would want me to ring up and order dinner from the local, local Chinese and I'd just be crying like I just couldn't do it I just couldn't ring up somebody that I wow. hadn't spoken to before or I couldn't I had a lot of anxiety with just learning how to drive a, a manual that really it took me a long time to get my license and it just just weird things just really crippled me like I could do anything but there was just these certain things that just I'd have these bizarre anxiety attacks and so I yeah just and I didn't um work a lot like like I said before I was an apprentice chef but I used to get really bad dermatitis so I sort of had to stop that and it took me a long time to then find a job and I think as a male in particular as a young male as much as you don't want to work when you finish school having a hands-on job or just something to you need purpose in your life like you as a, like now knowing as a male like even when I have holidays I get a bit bored after a couple of weeks because I need to be doing something and just sitting around in your own thoughts and doing nothing I think it just really I don't know just I really felt like I wasn't who I am yeah. supposed to be um but I, I always kept thinking I, I feel like I tried to run away from God a lot but he just wouldn't okay <laughs> let me I guess um and so I even the times where I really was suicidal looking back now I know God was definitely in that a lot like keeping me from doing stupid things or even when I was I used to drink a lot um and do a few other things and I could just looking back I can really see where God was in those times because you know there could have been so many times where it was 10 times worse or I could have got in trouble or I could have been killed or I could have killed myself and knowing that he was there um, I can really see that now and but back then I was probably like you know where are you God why don't I have a partner why am I lonely why am I fat why am I this why am I that and you're just questioning God when um yeah that probably I don't know I guess just you're just lost when you're that age it's a, it's a really yeah. pivotal time in everyone's life when they leave high school and I've never known what I wanted to do I've never had my clear purpose in life um so that was really hard for me and I just struggled and I, but I always kept trying to go to churches but I think because I had all that hurt on myself I think when you carry all that people see that in you and I probably felt rejected but also put out that magnet on my head or that sign on my head that said I want to be rejected so don't talk to me so every church I would go to no one would talk to me and I tried nearly every church in Toowoomba and I even tried Highlands when I first left school because some of my friends were going there um, and I went there but yeah they just didn't really even my own friends didn't really talk to me there yeah and yeah so I stopped going there and didn't like it and I hated all the churches in Toowoomba and um but I sort of still kept going on and off and just always praying and things and I guess I didn't really I think I just got to the point where I just had enough I um had gained quite a lot of weight and I just started really focusing on that and um yeah I really didn't like my job so I um like I had a job and I just I knew it wasn't for me but I knew God wanted me there I was a soil tester for nearly 10 years and I just I have no interest in the construction industry I had no yep, interest yep. in any of that sort of stuff um I really liked sports and creative things and I just knew that the job I was in wasn't where I wanted to be so 
but I just always knew that like I'd always had a relationship with God and I think in some of the youth things I did I'd put like you know I'd given my life to God and not really understanding what it was and because what that entailed, dad, yeah yeah never made me do anything with it I didn't really know what I had to do they sort of really strongly wanted us like I had an older brother and a younger sister they wanted us to find God ourselves yes. like they definitely pointed us in the right direction but they never made any decision so I guess it just it's been a very long journey for me getting to know God and it's only really since I've sort of went back to Highlands I thought I'd give it another go because my brother was going there and I sort of met Anna and um it's sort of yeah it got us to the point where we're at now where I feel like I'm really close to God I guess but well and yeah. I had it so so was there a moment or was it just more like or maybe a, a person or a series of moments that kind of like led you back to God or was it or, or to, to where you are now or is it just more a gradual thing it's definitely gradual I, I think like I said earlier I just have always known God's there and I tried to outrun him but he just kept popping up being like hello I'm still here like don't leave me um I've got a funny how he does that yeah and I think it's just being gradual hey like and I think I've always known I didn't never realize how close I could hear God Mm. um until I started talking to other people who, who were like oh God's telling you that like I don't know even when I was in my lowest of low I could really clearly hear what God was saying to me and I'm just straight up rejecting him like no that's not I want it to be this way I want this now I want to not look like this I don't want this job I want this partner um so but yeah like I've had a lot of good people in my life like like I was saying my parents they're just I feel so blessed to have the family I'm in. Um, like my brother and sister are my best friends. My mum and dad are my best friends. And we all have grown up um, loving God, um, drifting in and out. Like, um, And I think, but even seeing my parents be vulnerable with God as well, like going through things in and out um, of really strong relationship, um, just seeing them go through it as well. I guess they were really big influences on me and just different people over the years. I used to go on some like scripture union holiday camps with all my friends. We like half the camp was Pittsworth people. It was actually really cool. So like, I'm probably making it sound a lot worse than what it was. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, there's been lots of different things and lots yep. of good people, like lots of good youth leaders and things. Um, I think the moment for me, the, what I really started, um, getting close to God was when I sort of really started getting to know Anna and I just I've been praying for a wife for so so long and when I met her I just knew like after a while I just knew and when I kept praying she was the person I saw and it just wasn't happening and she was she's quite intimidating like she's she's got so I thought she had it all going on she's this pastor and I'm thinking you know maybe maybe I'm not 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 good enough but I know I'm definitely not where I can be so I'm I need to level up to meet her level and so I just really started getting to know God and I sort of forgot all about Anna because I started just falling in love with God on this new level that I'd never experienced and just him breaking off the depression and the anxiety and all these things and actually then I started I guess leveling up and then it was Anna that sort of noticed that which got her <laughs> to talk to me so yeah that was probably that's probably the major, major turning point um, where I've never looked back from, I guess. Well, and I think that's a great segue because there is someone else in this conversation and it's, and it's your, your lovely wife, Anna. Anna, we were chatting about this, um, jumping on the podcast. You're not born in Australia. 
So no. I'm, I'm so curious as to how someone born, well, I'll let you say where you were born, but ends up in Toowoomba, yeah. like being a pastor, a creative pastor of a church. Like how does that, how does that happen? So what's, what's your journey? Um, so I, w- I grew up and was born in Spain in the region of Galicia, which is northwest of Spain, north of Portugal. It's not very well known because it, not many tourists choose to go, go there. They choose, you know, sunnier places to go, but it's a really lovely. Um, it's green and always rainy and cloudy, so it's really lovely there. Um, but, yeah, I grew up there, and um, my mom's Spanish and my dad is Australian, and he actually grew up in Brisbane, but they right. met... They have a really beautiful love story because they met on a missionary ship um, and they were working together and then they fell in love, got married on the ship and then they moved to Spain and um, stayed there ever since. <laughs> That's, that, um, is, that is like, that sounds like some notebook level like love yeah, story that is yeah, like. Yeah, that was my prayer for a long time. I want a really cute love story like my parents do. <laughs> just meet, you just, and you're just jumping on every missionary ship you can find. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so my parents um, had done a lot of missionary work and then it happened that they ended up staying in Spain as missionaries and as pastors of a church. So I grew up in that world as a missionary and a pastor's kid, which... Um, most people when they hear those words they run away from kids that come from those backgrounds because you know they it's a really interesting background to grow up in and um some people can turn out really good and really strong in the faith but some others just run away from it completely um and thankfully you know I've stayed in and I haven't gone weird (laughs) but um it yeah it was just I guess for me, it it was just normal life growing up. But yeah. when I look back, it was probably quite different to other kids in Spain. Um, and you know, it's it's a a weird thing to hear to be a missionary in Spain because it's a you know it's a Christian country. But when you actually really dig in deep, um, when you say a Christian country, that's just by name, and it's actually a Catholic nation. So my my parents. And what we were considered Christians, actually, there is known as um, being um, Protestants. Protestant. So, um, yeah, if you are a Christian, as we know, there in Spain, you're known as a Protestant. And Protestants in Spain are less than 1% of the whole nation. Um, and it's like over 40 million of people. So that's not very many. Um, so okay. growing up as a Christian child, you are are quite lonely because you tend to be the only one around who believes that certain way and you're not you know you're not in the catholic church or just no church what whatever whatsoever um so um but yeah for me childhood was really good and it was just good parents good family good environment church was our life um, and so is but, it still, is it very cultural in Spain to go to church? Like, even if you're Catholic, like you just, you just go, or is it more just like um, association because really. my grandma went or something? Yeah, it's association and older people, you see a lot of older people in churches okay. still, um, but younger people, they go up until they are 11 or 12 and they do that confirmation party. Yep. yep. Um, they get <laughs> Which presents. is really like a graduation party. Yeah. They only do it for the presents. That's what all my friends did. Yep. Um, and then they just leave church and never come back. Um, yep. But then they, 
you know, it's very ingrained in culture anyway. So a lot of festivals are quite religious and yeah. um, it's just intertwined with culture. But it's, it's yeah, it's not something that people practice because they really fell in love with God. Um, some of the stuff you showed me, it's quite, from like an outside looking in, it's very old school Catholic. Like yeah. it's quite confronting to look at some of the um, clothes that they would wear for some of the festivals and mm. things like even it's totally different to like Western Catholicism it's yeah yeah it's it surrounds virgins and saints a lot more than yep. Jesus sometimes yep. <laughs> which is really scary um to think that it's ended up that way um so yeah as a as a Protestant family we were living a little bit differently yep. um and then I think I was pretty okay to be open about it in primary school but in secondary I realized that I was a bit different um, and I didn't quite share that part of my life with my friends yep. um, because I just thought, oh, they're going to think I'm weird because Protestants in Spain are seen as a as a sect. Like people don't really understand why you'd oh, be really? different. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so it's not very well accepted. Um, so, yeah, as in high school, I, I just hit it and did really well. I was a really good student, had lots of friends, but never shared that part much with them and um I remember I think I was telling you yesterday I remember in like probably last week or second last week of year 12 I you know I decided to be brave and and tell my friends confess to my friends (laughs) and um I told them and they were like oh okay cool that's fine (laughs) and I was like oh okay great I should have probably done this sooner and then I think um, one of them actually told her dad or her parents. And then yep. when I was at their place, her dad was there and he um he saw me. He's like, oh, you're the Protestant girl. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, I really like you. I really like your vibe. Like, I really like that you guys protest. I really am into that. I'm like, I don't think you quite get what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that. That's. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I did high school there. Oh, and I guess through my uh, growing up there, I've got um, an older brother and a younger sister. Yep. We used to travel to Australia quite often. So we would go every three or four years. And um, in our summer holiday, which is three months of holidays, and then we would come here in wintertime and spend time with my dad's side of the family yep. um, and also travel around and um, visit churches that wanted to hear but the ministry and find support. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of Australia. I don't yeah, remember much of it. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we used to travel a lot um, and just meet a lot of people. And we were um, missionaries unknown as the fridge people because you have the phone okay, magnet yes. on the fridge. <laughs> so yes. it would be weird to rock up at someone's house and you were there on the fridge. <laughs> that was pretty weird. But that's yeah, okay. So you're on a, you might yeah, you're on a lot of people's fridges. Maybe yeah. some listeners oh, had you on their fridge. Know. Sorry. <laughs> maybe some of our listeners had you on their oh, fridge when they maybe. were growing up. <laughs> maybe the <laughs> Allen family. Um, but um, yeah, grew up going to Australia, really enjoying our time here. And then I, I guess towards the end of high school, my parents started talking about, you know, we should probably consider you moving to Australia once you graduate and perhaps going to uni there. And yep. Um, you know, looking back, I can really see that God had prom- 
prompted them to prepare me for that decision. But when they first told me, I didn't really think. Like, guys, why do I want to move halfway around the world? Like, yeah, you're here. And all, all my friends were there. So I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And then um, they kept, you know, bringing it up and just little by little, hoping that I would change my mind. And then by the end, when I had graduated, I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, because I didn't really, a bit like you, I didn't really know what I wanted to do okay. with my life or with Korea. Um, so I was open for a change. And I'm, I'm pretty adventurous. Like I really like to go on adventures and um, I like change um, most of the time. So I was really open for something different. Um, so yeah, I moved to Australia on my own, but I moved in with my brother who had been here for, okay. I think maybe two years. And um, yeah, we started living in a little unit together. And then a couple of years later, my sister moved in with us. So it was the three of us and my parents stayed in Spain. So, um, and, and are your brother and sister still here at the moment? Um, no, they were here for a long time, but last year they actually both moved back to Spain through okay. COVID. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so They're, when you, um, yeah. sorry, you go. No, no. Well, I was going to say that my youngest sister actually, um, she's gone back in like in a circle and she's actually married now with a, a little girl and they've gone back to Spain to become missionaries there. So that is, um, that is awesome. Mm, yeah. That is, so did she marry an Australian? Yes, she did. Oh, sweet. It's like but a- he loves Spain, Spanish food and, and football. What is there not Soccer. to love about Spanish food and football, yeah. right? Like two great things. <laughs> and so when you moved, did you move here? Were you locked in at a university or was it just kind of like you're going to find it out as you as you went? No, I, well, my brother was already already living in Toowoomba because my parents had bought a unit in Toowoomba in faith. They just, again, felt that God was saying you need to buy a place in Toowoomba and they did it all online back when it wasn't really normal to do that and from yep. the other side of the world. But my grandparents were living in Toowoomba, so they thought, well, yeah. that's that sounds like a good place to be. Um, so they bought it. My brother moved in a few months later after settle, the settlement and then a couple of years later I moved in. Um, and then, so, yeah, I just chose um, USQ, which is a unit here yep. in Toowoomba, and um I chose what to study at random, really, <laughs> because I didn't really know what to do. So I just I opened the the huge QTAC book that has all the degrees yep. in Australia, and I went to C for creative, and I pointed at one. I'm like, I'll do that one, <laughs> and um, that's yeah, that's what I did. And is and is was it through that process that you ended up? Because you're now are you the you're the creative pastor? Did I get that right? Yeah, creative, creative pastor, pastor at Highlands. Highlands Church. Yeah, so um, I didn't immediately go into that, but I w- I was already going to Highlands and I was volunteering yep. there, and it's the church where I found my own faith, and yep. um, I really was loving um, having a church that really valued um, any skills that you could have to build a church, and for yep. me, it was being creative and. I hadn't been to any other church that would support you like they did back then. This was like 11 years ago. Yeah. Um, and the moment they knew that I was studying film, they're like, oh, we can, you can help us here. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so I started doing like the video announcements and different things. And um, yeah, I finished my degree. And again, I didn't really know what to do with my life. So for two years, I was working in retail and going back to Spain, 
hoping every time that I would go to Spain that I would decide what to do with my life and yeah. then I would come back and still not know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was towards uh, the end of 2013, I think. I I thought, well, nothing's really popping up here. Maybe I should move to a bigger city that might have more opportunities in that in that field because yep. I did journalism and film. Okay. Um, and I was ready to move to Brisbane um, in January of the following year. And then in December, so a month before I was ready to move, the senior pastor, Ken, he offered me a job um, at Highlands. So I decided to stay and here I am. <laughs> it's been like almost eight years that I've been there. Yeah, that's, mm. I, lo- I love, both of your stories are just so, so unique. <laughs> And how they've kind of woven together, like one from Spain, one from country Queensland. I love it. And we are going to talk about anti-haste. We're going to talk about the clothing line. But before we get to that, I want to just just quickly ask, because I'm just curious more than anything, was it was it love at first sight or was it like, did it grow and it's, develop over yeah, time? Like, I think like everything in both of our lives, it's taken, like there's obviously a spark, but it's taken a long time. Like Anna never remembers this, but <laughs> years and years ago when she probably first came to Toowoomba and her sister, it was probably when her sister first came to Toowoomba and I think I was at McDonald's um, just sitting in the car park with, I think someone who knew them from another church or something. <laughs> it was like after like a like a late night, uh, like a night church or something and everyone had gone out for McDonald's after or something like that. Yeah. And I remember um, just, yeah, these two pretty attractive, like, Spanish girls just walking in and, like, being in country Australia, it's not something you see very often. So, like, not very memorable for Anna. Like, I'm just, a, I'm just another, you know, person, whereas, like, you don't meet Spanish people in Toowoomba every day. So I've always remembered that. And I thought, oh, wow, they were, you know, I'd like to get to know them. Like, I don't care which one. Like, back then, this is when I was probably 19, 20, something like that. Um, and then, so I was already aware, not, I could not remember her name, but I'd, I had seen her around just probably with the same group of friends yep. through other friends, but still had really no idea who she was. And then it wasn't until my sister went to like a, a friend's house who happened to be mutual friends with Anna and they were doing like a Eurovision party. party. Watch party. <laughs> and my sister come home and said, oh, I met this girl tonight. That would be like you know, perfect for you. And this is an aim. And like, ashamedly, I looked her up on Facebook and I didn't like what I saw. She had like a um, sort of like a short back and sides boy's haircut. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm Which sure she- Which was really cool. Yeah, it, like it was a cool <laughs> It haircut, was, it was. Yeah. 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 And I sort of thought, yeah, I'm sure she's nice, but yeah, like going off that, no. And then, um, then I, when I started going back to Highlands, after a few weeks, I got invited to a um, like a small group and going out to this guy's farm who I actually went to school with. So I knew this guy and I'm like, okay, I'll go on. Cause I'm, I'm quite shy and introverted and like being very burnt by or hurt by people in churches and stuff before I was very hesitant and had all my guards up. And I don't know, I just met Anna and like, I think I drove out. Um, I had like a back injury at the time. So I, I was a bit grumpy and still like I was quite standoffish um, and I just the more we kept sort of talking and I like Anna actually tried to talk to me a lot I could see that she was trying to so I sort of 
tried to let my guard down and we were talking and I just know I just thought there was something different about her and I quite liked her and so I think there was like I'd say that was our first proper and I liked him too yeah so I guess that was why you were talking to him so much oh no a friend (laughs) had actually told me that he was gonna come and and he didn't know many people in Toowoomba so I was like okay I'll just be really friendly but I actually quite liked him and he was funny (laughs) yeah and we just sort of like clicked a little bit and then but not too much like just yeah like only talked a little bit but so, so I think there was like an instant attraction and then the next Sunday maybe or a Sunday after I went into church and sat down by myself and like I'm happy on my own yep like I really like my own company but I so I but I would sit in church and then after a while of just being on your own and like literally no one coming up and talk to you you get a bit like so it's sort of like I'm happy alone, but I'm also secretly really sad on my own as well. Yep. <laughs> but out of all those people, there would have been like maybe 20 people that went out to this thing. And it was the only one that she just come up and started talking to me again. And I thought, oh, yeah, I, I actually really like this girl. And I just, the more I kept praying about like a wife, she would just be always the first one that came to mind. Um, and then we'd sort of just talk. We're good friends. Here and there, but Mm. just like a bit of miscommunication. Mm. I don't know. People probably know what it's like when you're young and you go to a church and someone new comes in and they're single. All the other single people are like, oh, okay. So I had like a few girls sort of not chasing me, but giving me a lot of attention. And I sort of tried to let Anna know one day that I I must have said it really bad because it gave Anna the the wrong impression. (laughs) But I was trying to say, like, I'm not interested in any other of these people, but if you were to like, maybe want to hang out a bit more I would be very open to like hanging out with you more but literally what he said was (laughs) he did not say that he said hey I'm really glad that we can you know catch up and it means nothing like I'm really and it's just yeah like we can catch up as friends I'm like oh okay cool I'm glad that we can just be friends and like I thought he was like setting boundaries I'm like great good to see And so, well, at like, least you're clear. Like, I'm glad yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was, we worked out today about five years ago. Yeah, except to the day. It was five years ago that we yeah, came met. up with like a Facebook memory or mm. something. Um, and then, yeah, I had by that stage really fallen for and I was like in love and <laughs> I'd never really been in love before. And I didn't really, like, I would get butterflies every time she came into the room and I just wanted to like talk to me, but she just friend zoned me from that day, just put me in a box <laughs> and that was it. Mm. And um, I guess, yeah, like I was saying earlier, like Anna was just this like totally different. I could just tell she was different to any other girl. And like growing up, like I said earlier, I'd done a lot of stupid things. And so I was used to sort of dating and like Tinder and all those sorts of things. And yep. because I was quite lonely myself, I'd really thrown myself out there to anybody anyone and anything that would show me attention having like low self-esteem and stuff so it was really different and I think that's what really and I would get angry with God because I just knew that we were supposed to get married it was just this weird feeling I just knew it you know we had to either be married or we had to have a lot to do with each other in the future like we'd either be working together or something like it just but I would get angry with God because I'm praying for a wife and he'd just very clearly show me that it was going to be Anna. I'm like, but she doesn't like me like that. Like, why do you keep showing me that? And then I think, like I said earlier, I just sort of like quick way to describe it. I just leveled off in my walk with God. And I think she just took notice. And yeah, you say it was like a 
availed or not. But we, yeah. we went out and had lunch one day just with like a group of friends. And I think it was because I had like an extra button undone on my shirt and <laughs> I was working out pretty good at the time. So I didn't look too bad and I just had my chest hanging out. And I think that's what really won it over for me. But it makes sense to me. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. To me. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then Anna just actually asked me at one time and I was just like blown away because I sort of had put her aside then because I just really was getting so just in love with God and what he was doing in my life that I just had forgotten all about all those other distractions. I just like, God, I can be like single forever with you. Like I can just, I was on this new sort of, I don't know, path, I guess. And I just, was that, and then, so it was actually quite shocking when Anna asked me out on like a, we went to like a, a truck show, which I'm not interested in, but she just, I'm wanted, not either. She had a friend that she wanted to support <laughs> that worked at this place and mm. thought, you know, he's a guy, he might like it. And then, <laughs> just because it was time to spend with Anna. I was like, yeah, sure. And it actually took a little while for me to get back in the um, mindset of liking her. Cause I, I had been hurt a few times. Like I put myself out there and she'd shut me down a few times, not like very clearly, but I had definitely in my um, hurt sort of way, put myself out there. So it took a little time, but yeah, we just quickly really fell in love and got married sort of within the year we were married yeah started dating and then mm. like just over a year like a year and a month we got married so mm. so how long have you guys been married now a year and a half a year and a half mm. that's yeah that's so exciting that's very and new this is this is the fun part right this is the fun part of marriage where you're still trying to figure it all out i love that mm. yeah. and um so when you when you like got married was it was it very clear then you're like hey we have a goal we want to start a business together we want to start a company together we want to go into fashion or, or is this like anti-haste? Is this something that's just evolved over time? Yeah. It's been in my mind for a very, very long time. I've always wanted to, I think growing up and not being able to fit into too many clothes or like I probably could, but the clothes that I wanted to fit into, I could never find the right stuff. And I would constantly go out to shops and come home just so depressed. It got to the point where I just didn't go out of the house much on weekends. Yeah because I didn't like what I was wearing or what I looked like. So I've always had in my mind, I want to start a clothing line and I'm purely just for me to wear clothes, really. That was what was in my head. And growing up, like my um, papa, so my grandfather, we just call him papa, he um, owned businesses and my father and his brother, um, they had owned a lot of businesses together and done a lot of investments. So I've always grown up with that sort of, guess not quite business mindset but just that and maybe it's sort of like an entrepreneurial sort of yep. spirit I want to do things my way and I think but I just never really knew and especially not really having a purpose of what I wanted to do with life it's it's always been something in the back of my mind and the clothing line definitely I've always just loved fashion and oh, probably not like the fashion industry but like style and like looking good or yep. like putting outfits together I've just always really enjoyed that and just being creative doing creative things coming up with logos and all that sort of stuff I used to you know try to redraw all the NRL logos when I was a kid like or I'd try and you know do that and join them you know just little things like that yep. or um, I just always loved that sort of thing so in my mind it's been a, um, a big sort of thing and I had a few different ideas of what I wanted to do but then I used to make a bit of electronic music just on my own um, on the laptop because I didn't really, I used to have a few like bands growing up in high school and things yep. like that. But yeah, when I sort of got a bit isolated, I didn't have anyone to 
play music with and I was really hurt. So I used to call myself anti, uh, anti-sapien. I was just, I hated people and I just used to make music so angry wow. and it came from like a really hurtful place. And then once I sort of started, I don't know, like I probably was doing a devotion one time and it just all came from there. And I realized what God had been doing in my life and how long everything had been taken. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of took that anti sapien name and just went anti-haste and they just sort of so that I've had that idea and it didn't really grow anywhere I just had that name so then I changed my name to anti-haste and thought you know if I'm going to make it as a musician you know it's going to take a long time so this is what I'm all about and that was it really like that's where the name came from and then over the years and then especially when I really started growing closer to God that's when that idea really developed and I really clued into what I feel like God had been teaching me my whole life everything had to be with like you know you have to be patient you have to be willing to work towards it you can't just sit back and do nothing there's going to be times where god wants you to rest there's going to you know so it's just all these lessons i learned and then but i would never tell anyone like that i just really kept that idea close to my heart like i would tell my parents i think i want to do this or i'd speak to my friends so i think i want to do this different business venture like i'm always coming up with things in my head like i really um got right into going to the gym and I, that was something that I sort of grew up doing but I got right into it after I left the school I wanted to open up my own gym and I'd lost 40 kilos so I wanted to be a personal trainer I had all these different ideas yeah. of businesses or you know maybe I could make my clothing line like an active wear type thing and that's all that really went there and I just kept you know every now and then I'd be sitting in church and whatever the pastor was saying I'm like oh that's you know or I'd be reading the bible and I'm like yeah that's that's exactly what I'm trying to that's what I'd love to say in a brand or that's what I really relate to in my life. Like yeah. we just shared earlier, like the whole meeting, I know like it's really cool to hear her side of how she came to Australia knowing, you know, God had that in his mind like a long time ago. Mm. And it's just taken like, we're both now I'm about to turn 30 and Anna's yep. 31. 31. So like, that's a long time of our life of when we were both very single, like I'm Anna's first boyfriend. Like <laughs> yeah, we just never like it took a long time for us to meet each other. So even just that as an example, all the weight loss thing took me a long time. Um, all that it was just examples of what I thought God has been teaching me the whole time. And so I just nervously told Anna one day we were having lunch while we were still dating, like, what do you think of this idea? Because like Anna is in charge of all the creative stuff that like highlands church or not only that like in charge of all the sort of marketing and branding for the school and the early learning center that's a part of that so it's quite intimidating to tell someone who i actually idolize like in what the style that she does and everything and who i thought was like you know very talented to do that and she just straight away was like yep let's do it i'm all in on that idea i love it let's do it so then it wasn't long after that we got engaged and that probably took and we wanted to buy a house so the business we started working on the business and coming up with logos and that sort of thing but that sort of um yeah we put that away while we were sort of getting married and honeymooning and buying the house and moving in and all that sort of stuff and then last year when oh yeah probably before COVID like even before COVID we'd started um, nutting it out and um COVID was sort of a a blessing like we saw that as a blessing and that you know people are going to want to buy local stuff now they're going to want to buy online and we just like this is the right time I think mm-hmm. COVID was forcing everyone to stop and slow down and realize that life's not all about um, working 24 7 yeah and 
all the different ideals. I think people were sort of searching for new ways of life. And so it's all sort of mm. worked out. So I guess for Anna, it's a very new thing. But for me, it's, um, yeah, it's been something I've been thinking of for probably 15 years, I think. Well, we're going to pause the conversation with Stephen and Anna right there. I hope you found this first part of the conversation incredibly insightful and helpful. One of the things that was particularly interesting to me is how Stephen and Anna's dream evolved over a period of years. It wasn't something that they felt like, hey, we just got our purpose straight away, but it was something that God grew in them over time and God used the experiences that they had, whether it was working in particular jobs or the experience of their parents or traveling, that God used all those experiences to ultimately form their purpose. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Next week on the podcast, we're going to wrap up our conversation with Stephen and Anna. And we're going to talk specifically about slow fashion. We're going to explore some practical ways that they slow down in their own life to keep their soul well as well. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, you don't have to do everything today, but hopefully you found something in this lean-in episode that will help you inspire more people to follow Jesus. Stories, I'm a fool for your life.